and we're in uh, Joshua 1 together. Uh, as a one-off, as a, uh, a chance to look at our motto verse together, Joshua chapter 1, page 178 if you're using one of the uh, red church Bibles. This, by the way, is one of those Sundays where you might need to nudge your neighbor if they start to snore. I hope that's less, less a comment on the content of the sermon and more a comment on the date and the things that, uh, the, the time we went to bed last night or this morning, whichever it was. Joshua 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and uh, this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions. For within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan, but all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you, and they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it, the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan towards the sunrise. And they answered Joshua, All that you have commanded us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. 
Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Let's pray together for God's help. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Help us now as we listen to it. Keep us awake, we pray. Give us energy and focus. Help us as we meditate on your word together and find courage in it. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's the thing we say, isn't it, as we see each other today? We say to each other, Happy New Year. And uh, hopefully we say it with some confidence, hoping that the new year will be happy for each other. But I wonder how you're feeling about it. Uh, Are you happy about the fact that the calendar has turned? For some of us, the answer is a resounding yes. Maybe you are just delighted that 2022 is behind you. Uh, Maybe something exciting is coming on the calendar in 2023 and you can't wait. And then others of us, of course, will feel much less positive about the next 12 months. Maybe because of things that we know, health problems continuing, family issues, unresolved work stress. Or maybe it's the things we don't know. It's why the future can be difficult to think about. It's why it makes us afraid, isn't it? Fear of the unknown. Fear of what might go wrong. Well, however we're feeling about 2023, this we know. Following Jesus this year publicly, visibly, is going to take courage. And maybe not quite the levels of courage that it's taking some of our brothers and sisters elsewhere around the world, but still, being the only Christian in your workplace and being public about it, or being the only Christian on your street and being open about it, that takes courage. One of our church priorities for 2023 is going to be to reach Richmond round the corner, to, to make more of a gospel impression on our doorstep, if you like, in Richmond. Now, for example, we're thinking together about whether we might start an open-air outreach, maybe by the station. Well, that's going to take some courage, isn't it? Have you noticed, by the way, that doing that sort of thing a long way away from where you live is one thing, but doing it right where you live, where there are people who you know, people you work with, people you live near, who might see you doing it, that's a whole other thing. That takes courage. Wholeheartedly living for Jesus publicly, visibly, this year is going to take courage, but then... It always has. The people of Israel here in Joshua 1 were in desperate need of courage. They were, at this point, still, strictly speaking, homeless, and they were traveling to take possession of an unknown land occupied by intimidating enemies, and enemies which they'd been too scared to face the last time they tried back in Numbers. If they're going to do what God is calling them to do here, they're going to need great reserves of courage. And they're going to find that courage the same place we will. So three keys to courage for us here from Joshua 1. Here's the first. First key to courage, following God's leader. Following God's leader. Did you notice as we read that this chapter, before it's about Israel as a whole, is about Joshua in particular? And if you're finding the prospect of the future intimidating, just spare a thought for this man here. His mentor, Israel's great leader and hero, Moses, is dead. And all eyes now are trained on Joshua to lead what was a historically unleadable people into apparently unconquerable territory. 
that Joshua, remember, was one of those spies that was sent to spy out the land back in Numbers. And every other spy, remember, bar Joshua and Caleb had come back saying, don't even think about it. There are giants in the land. And now it's Joshua's job to lead that same people into that same land. No wonder the Lord sees the need to encourage him, and that's just what he does. Uh, Look down at our motto verse there in verse 9. Verse 9, have I not commanded you, says the Lord, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua, take courage. I'll go with you. And the people here, to their credit, at least now, know what they need to do. Just look down at verse 16 to 18. Verse 16, all that you've commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Last sentence, only be strong and courageous. In other words, if they're going to get to the promised land, they're going to need to follow God's leader. And of course, the same is true for us. Uh, One of the signs that uh, you're getting older is that your music references are from uh, decades ago. So I'd just like to apologize to all of the youth in advance for what I'm about to say. Uh, Here are some song lyrics that people of a certain age will recognize. And I'm going to warn you, this is profound stuff. You may find yourself welling up, all right? Here we go. Sometimes the river flows, but nothing breathes. A train arrives, but never leaves. It's a shame. I mean, yeah, I guess. Oh, life, like love that walks out the door, of being rich or being poor, such a shame. But it's then, then that faith arrives to make you feel at least alive. And that's why you should keep on aiming high. Just seek yourself, and you will shine. Now, here comes the chorus. If you haven't got it yet, you might get it now. Here comes the chorus. You've got to search for the hero inside yourself. Search for the secrets you hide. Search for the hero inside yourself until you find the key to your life. That song is uh, 30 years old, but M People's Anthem is still today's message, isn't it? You're the hero of your own life. You're the great pioneer. You're the master of your fate, the captain of your soul. And we as a church could approach 2023 that way, couldn't we? Uh, We we could draw up all the great and heroic things we're going to do as a church. And we do want to make this year count. We do have things we want to do. We've got progress we want to make together. We do want to follow William Carey's mantra to expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. That's good. But this year and every year, we're not the hero of the story Christ is. I mean, that is the great message of the Bible, isn't it? Uh, We can sometimes read the Bible the way we look at uh, group photos. You know the thing? Someone's uh, taken a photo at the Christmas dinner table, you and the family or your friends all sitting around, and they've sent it around to the family WhatsApp, and you open it up. What's the first thing you do when you open it up? Well, if you're like me, I'm afraid I look for myself. Do you do that too? Sometimes we can read the Bible that way, can't we? We open it, and the first thing we do is we look for ourselves. But before the Bible's about me, it's about Christ. The Bible isn't my heroic story. It's his. His heroic life, his saving death, his resurrection, his everlasting reign. He always has been and he always will be the leader, the hero that we need.
You remember the, uh, the anniversary video we made to celebrate turning 150? It's great, isn't it? Uh, and it was great to see that long line of pastors, for example, Alan Redpath, Stephen Olford, Robert Amos, and so on. Great gifts from God, every single one. But each of them would tell us that the leader of this church, and every church, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as Israel were to keep their eyes on Joshua and to follow him, so we're to follow and obey the Lord Jesus. How does Hebrews 12 put it? We're to run with endurance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the founder, the perfecter, the pioneer of our faith. He's the pioneer. We just need to follow him. So whatever comes at us this year, let's keep our eyes on him. Don't be distracted. Fix your mind on him. Let the pressure of being the hero of your story this year just fall off your shoulders. It isn't going to be ultimately about us at all. It's about him. So resolve to follow him. How do we do that? Well, our second key tells us meditating on God's word. There it is in verse 8. You see that? Can I, can I help with the sound, Conrad? Shall I turn my box off? There it is in verse 8. There's the instruction. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. If he's going to lead God's people into God's land, Joshua needs to be a man of God's word to meditate on it each day. Now, look, uh, hopefully it's clear. This isn't Eastern meditation, right? The, the sort of thing which empties the mind. This is biblical meditation which fills the mind with God's word, rolls the word of God around the mind the way you might roll your favorite food around your mouth. Can you cast your mind back to your Christmas dinner? How did you eat it? I am terrible at bolting food, are you? If I really like it, I just want to get it, get it down me as fast as possible, but it's silly. The best way to eat that meal is to savor it, chew it, enjoy it, make every last morsel count. The encouragement of the scriptures is to do that with God's word. Those of us on social media will know that this isn't how a lot of media today is consumed. A lot of it is shallow, it's fast, it's disposable. It's like popcorn. And if that's what we're used to, we can find the Bible frustrating. We're going to want the meaning always to be immediately obvious. But the Bible isn't a series of tweets or slogans. It takes thought and time. It takes chewing often to get the flavor. And working hard to understand the Bible is part of what the Bible means when it talks about loving God with all of our mind. God's given us an intellect so that we study the Bible to understand its meaning together. And when we give it the time and the effort it deserves, it is so deeply encouraging. Just think what an encouragement it would have been to Joshua to do this daily. Now, he, of course, didn't have as much of the Bible as we do for obvious reasons, but even the bit he had would be filled with story after story of God's power and strength, how he'd conquered Egyptian armies, how God had parted the Red Sea, he'd led his people with cloud and fire. God's word would give Joshua and the people of God 
courage. And the courage that it gave them was to lead to obedience. You see that there with Joshua. This is meditation with a view to action. He's to be a Bible-reading man so that he's a Bible-living man leading a Bible-living people. And his form of leadership, of course, is a picture of Christ's. Now, whether it's um, out in the wilderness countering Satan's temptation or it's dazzling the religious establishment in the synagogue, the Lord Jesus knew God's word inside out. He meditated on it. He knew it, he believed it, and he obeyed it. And how could we ever think that we need God's word any less than him? One of the most critical things we're going to do together as a church this year is to meditate on God's word. And it's something that we can all take responsibility for. You know, churches with a a history of Bible ministry can become complacent. They can assume things like this and lose it over time. So let's insist that we keep on doing this when we're together. Let's insist that our preachers stick to God's word. Don't give us your funky opinions. We want to hear what God says. And if you're a fellowship group leader, you don't need to get funky either. Just get the Bible open. Help us to understand God's word. That's it. It was all Joshua needed to do. It's all we need to Are you wanting to be a more godly spouse or a parent? All you need is the Bible. Are you wanting to serve God better at work? God's word is enough. Are you struggling with aging or singleness or disappointment or temptation? What you need is God's word. So as the year begins, let's be practical about this together. How do you plan to read God's word this year? with others, and on your own. Do you have a plan? Do you want to read it cover to cover? Some people find that very helpful. There are plans online to help you if you want to do that. Maybe you'd rather this year go more slowly and savor it in smaller bites. Well, there are lots of ways of doing that as well. Make a plan to do it. How about making a plan to have the family read the Bible together? It doesn't need to be much. Little and often is really good. Whatever you do, do this one thing. Day and night, at home or at work, alone with friends at church, meditate on God's word. And it's in his word that you're going to hear his promises. That's the third key here, the third and final key, trusting God's promises. So uh, picture the scene, it's 2003, if you can think that far back, 2003, 20 years ago, it's extraordinary, isn't it? And a a fresh-faced Simon is watching the Rugby World Cup final being broadcast from Australia. It's England versus Australia. It's one of the most dramatic matches in English sporting history. It's 17 all in extra time. England win a line-out and they go on the attack. Matt Dawson passes the ball to Johnny Wilkinson, 28 seconds left. Wilkinson's wand of a left foot coils, ready to strike. The ball ball leaves his boot. It's flying through the air. Anybody remember watching that? Was your heart racing? Were you willing the ball through the posts? Or not, if you're supporting the others. I have to tell you, I wasn't. Watching it, I was completely calm. 
No tension whatsoever. No spike in my heart rate. No suspense. Nothing. I was serene. I'd go as far as to say I was supremely confident. No doubt in my mind. Can you guess why? I was watching it on repeat. Like a, like a true student, like a true student, I managed to oversleep and I missed the whole thing. And of course, by the time I got around to watching it on repeat, I knew exactly what had happened. Now imagine if you could do that with life. Imagine the difference it would make to know the future in advance. What a calm that would give you. What a confidence, what a courage. Now it's not, it's not that here in Joshua 1, God tells Joshua every detail in advance. He doesn't. He, he doesn't spell out how the, the walls of Jericho are going to fall or exactly how they're going to cross the intimidating River Jordan. But he does, does give Joshua two massive promises about how the future is going to work out. Just notice them quickly with me. First, notice there's a promise about, isn't there, God's rest, the promise of God's rest. Did you see in this chapter that God has already promised the land, the destination to Israel? There it is, verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. It doesn't give all the details, all the twists and turns that the journey would take. But the destination is guaranteed. And you, don't, you know, don't you, Christian, if you belong to Christ, the same is true for you. We could pick any number of examples. Let me just pick out one. This is 1 Peter 1, written for the Christian. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. And what is an inheritance? It's a promise of future possession. If you're trusting in Christ, God's everlasting rest in the new creation, of which the promised land was only ever a picture, has been promised to you. It's waiting for you when the time comes. Christ has gone to prepare it for you. Your name is written on the title deeds. It's not going to be transferred to anybody else. Which means that however this year goes, whatever else you might lose this year, if your trust is in Christ, the one thing you can't lose is the most precious thing you have. We don't know all the twists and the turns along the way, but we know where we're going. And we know, too, who's going with us every step of the way. That's the other promise, isn't it? The promise of God's presence on the way. Having someone alongside you 
in difficult times is so precious, isn't it? You've got a frightening doctor's appointment and a friend says to you, I'll come with you. I'll, I'll drive you there. And when you come back out of the room, I'll be waiting for you. It makes such a difference. Well, the one here making the promise to Joshua is God Almighty. He's the God of creation. He's the God of the Exodus. He's the God who fed his people in the wilderness. And he's promising to go with them all the way to the promised land, every step. And the same God promises to go with you too. We heard it, didn't we, in Matthew 28? A picture of them there. The apostles are standing on a hillside in Galilee with the risen Lord Jesus, who's given them the most intimidating mission you can possibly imagine. They've been told that they're to take a weak-sounding message out into a hostile world and among, to begin with at least, the very same people who'd crucified their Lord and to take it all over the world to the nations of the world, 11 ordinary men. Where are they going to find the courage to do it? Jesus tells them, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. The one who calmed the storm and healed the sick and rose from the dead by his spirit would go with them. And Christian, he goes with you too. Health scares, he's with you. Family stress, he's with you. Heartbreak, he's with you. He'll be with us as we stand out in Richmond with the gospel. Or when we get on a plane to Peru to take the gospel there, share the gospel there. Or when we invite a colleague to the Mark drama, he's with us always. And he's with us, isn't he, together? Notice that very quickly there in verse 12 to 15. We get a picture of that there, verse 12. Those tribes listed in verse 12 had asked permission to settle east of the Jordan where the land was suited to livestock rather than crossing over to the west with everyone else. And Moses had said, yep, okay, that's okay. But first you need to help the rest of the people conquer the land to the west. In other words, yes, okay, but we do this together. And what was true of them is true of us too. If we want 2023 to count for the cause of the gospel here, where we are, we're going to need each other. Following Jesus is not a solo sport. We need the encouragement. We need the prayer. We need the concern. Sometimes we need the challenge from each other too. And that's by design. God has put us on this journey together. So this year, why not commit to that fellowship group? Why not join one if you're not part of one yet? Why not start that prayer triplet you've been thinking about? Why don't you get on the prayer chain so that you can support others in prayer more effectively? Why not block out your Sundays for the church family? Don't try to be strong and courageous on your own. You're not on your own. Let's keep our eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ who's gone before us. Let's fill our hearts and our minds with his word. Let's hear in his word his precious promises. And let's be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. Let's take a moment in prayer. Why not talk to the Lord about the next 12 months? Ask him for his help. Thank him for his promises. Ask for courage as we serve him together. A moment on our own, and then I'll lead us together in a prayer.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for every single one of the precious promises you make to us in your word. We thank you maybe most of all for the promise of your presence with us. Thank you that you're with us here by your spirit. Father, we pray that you would give us courage to live for you this year. Give us the courage to be wholehearted in following the Lord Jesus. Give us the courage to face whatever comes our way, the courage to trust you with our future. And may that courage turn into obedience as we listen to your word. Give us hearts that love to obey you and glorify you. And with the courage that you give us, through us, may many others this year hear the name of the Lord Jesus and find salvation in him. In Jesus' name, amen.